needs to have residential zoning. And then you need to make sure that your, your property is has at least 3.5 meters frontage. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Sarah Larby and you are listening to Where Should I Invest? Today's guest is Craig Race and also Ryan Fernandez from landscape.ca. If you are curious about Toronto and Vancouver and all of the laneway houses happening in some of those big markets to make way for additional dwelling spaces and units, we are in for a treat today. Craig and Ryan have done many laneway houses in Toronto and are sharing some insights. The good, the bad, what to know, what to ask, uh, what can be done, and many more. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. And don't forget, we are having another Have Your Cake and Eat It Too live event in Markham. And we were completely sold out, event number one. So we are doing it again November 30th. If you are interested in attending the Have Your Cake event with myself, Harry James, and some other awesome investors, a comedian, a band. We're going to make it an awesome event just like last time. And uh, we're going to have different speakers, good food, good drinks. Uh, again, send me an email, sarah at sarahlarby.com. Enjoy the podcast. Ryan, Craig, welcome to the show. How are you guys? Great. Great to be here, Sarah. Awesome. Fantastic. I'm Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. So I, I'm really excited to bring both of you on because, you know, one of the, the topics and I think a potential future of real estate is uh, laneway housing and additional dwelling units. And, you know, it's not so much the, the typical conversion anymore, taking a single family to a duplex, but, you know, really in order to, to make things work, uh, even in terms of like additional cash flow in, in, you know, this market with high prices, uh, I'm really excited to talk about uh, this option today because I think it'll help people with increased cash flow, increase after repair value, and all this good stuff. So before we get started, maybe Craig, I will start with you. Just a little bit of a background on on who you are and, and how you got started, and uh, and and maybe just a, a little bit of an overview of your of the company. Sure. So uh, I'm an architect. Uh, I've been practicing for not quite 20 years. And I've always been focused on houses. Like there's just something about small to mid scale design that has really resonated with me. Um, I think especially having grown up in Toronto, the majority of our city is that scale. So it's the parts that you interface with most. And I've always found it exciting. And laneway suites were an opportunity that, um, you know, I first noticed in Vancouver, but have actually been something Toronto has been embracing for decades, if not centuries. So uh, when we were able to be a part of bringing that new typology to the city, it was an opportunity we just jumped on and have been really excited about. Awesome. That's great. And Ryan, what about you? Yeah, so I'm currently an intern architect, uh, which means I'm in the process of becoming a, a licensed architect with the Ontario Association of Architecture. And um, I've been following along with uh, Craig's journey and the other co-founders of Landscape for a number of years now. And I, I thought like what they were doing was, was really cool and uh, provides a huge opportunity. 
also the fact that they're working with uh, investors and kind of looking to do their own development as well was super appealing to me. So I joined the team just over a year ago and now I'm helping to, to lead some of the, the design efforts um, at Landscape. Awesome. And, and do you mind if I ask, are either of you guys investing in real estate, whether it's, you know, whatever the strategy is, potentially even using, using Laneway Homes, or are you strictly working on this for investors? We both invest. We, Ryan and I, one thing that has always made us kindred spirits is that although we look at houses from a design perspective first, I think we both see like the value in it as well. So we've both got our own projects on the go, um, nothing formalized with landscape, but our own little side hobbies that we enjoy doing. All right. Very cool. But I, I want to talk about laneway houses today. Um, so, so what, you know, what is it that landscape does? Uh, what are you guys creating and, uh, and what's a laneway house? Uh, maybe Ryan, we'll start with you. Yeah, for sure. So laneway suites are essentially secondary dwellings that are constructed behind like traditional street facing homes. Um, and they're these properties of public laneways. Uh, so at Lanescape, we focus primarily on properties in, well, exclusively on properties in Toronto right now. And essentially these, um, these homes, they can increase housing flexibility, um, animate underutilized spaces, and they provide housing options that are, that are close to community amenities. So it really um, provides housing, which is much needed, um, in areas that are really ideal places to live for families. Can I ask, I mean, obviously you mentioned Toronto. I think Toronto is, uh, it's become a very expensive market. So this is a good opportunity to potentially offset some of, uh, some of the rental or, you know, rent essentially uh, one of these units out so you can reduce your mortgage. But, you know, why, why only Toronto? Like, why haven't you guys looked at other markets at this point in time? Craig, what about you? Uh, to, to be honest, we are looking at other markets. The real reason is because right now in Canada, only Vancouver and Toronto have policies in place for laneway suites with any kind of scale opportunities. So there are several other smaller markets that have uh, approvals in place for garden suites and laneway suites. But the number of units that can be built in any city besides those two is pretty limited. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So there's other, other types of units that you could build, you know, based on Bill 108 and, you know, other additional dwelling units, but not particularly laneway suites. So let's just, let's just take Toronto for example, an example. And, you know, if something is compatible, what are some of the things to look for? If you've got maybe a house that you are living in and you're, you know, you're looking at doing something like this, what are some of the criteria that somebody should at least have a, you know, maybe just do a quick check uh, if it meets the, the minimum criteria before they, they go ahead and buy one of these? Yeah, so, I mean, to check your eligibility at the beginning, the, the main things are that the property, number one, has to be in Toronto, obviously. It needs to have residential zoning. Um, and then you need to make sure that your, your property is, has at least 3.5 meters frontage onto a laneway. Um, so those are kind of the main criteria. And then also you need to make sure that you have adequate emergency access for firefighters. So uh, most often that's through like a side yard on the house. So you need to have a 0.9 meter setback from the, from the main house to the property line, but also um, access can be granted through the laneway itself. And in Toronto, unlike some of the other cities, um, they've also unlocked a number of 
additional properties by extending the required travel distance um, from it was originally 45 meters and now it can be 90 meters as long as you have like other design provisions in place. Okay, maybe this is like a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Like, if you don't have a lane behind your house, you know, are there ways around it? Yeah, so if you don't have a lane, essentially you need to wait until garden suites are a thing, okay. right? Um, so essentially that's, that's kind of the main difference uh, between properties in Toronto that would be eligible for Linwood Suites versus Garden Suites. Okay, so you, you might have another option, just not exactly what you guys are doing. So, so what does a laneway suite even look like? Like if we're trying to picture this, I mean, obviously we can go to your website, but what are like the typical laneway suites that, that we see in Toronto that you guys are creating? Uh, maybe Craig, you can answer that one. So they vary in size. The smallest ones we do can be even 500 square foot, even smaller, like bachelor units. Um, and anything up to the largest as of right design you can do is 1,700 square feet plus a basement. Um, so that would be a four or a five bedroom, basically second house. And it's really contingent on the size of your lot and the amount of space you have in your backyard. The Majority of them are two stories uh, above grade. And like I mentioned, basements are possible. And they're always at the back of the property, normally with some kind of street frontage on the laneway so that the user of the laneway suite really feels like they're coming and going from the laneway, like that's their front door. Although the backyard can be shared between the main house and the laneway suite. Okay, and how are like the utilities and everything connected? Do you have to connect them to the main house? Yeah, everything's run through an underground trench. So anywhere your utilities come to your site at the moment, that stays unchanged. And it's up to the homeowner to submeter and branch out services underground to the laneway suite at the back. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pause and share with you a financing tip that helped me scale my portfolio and can also help you as well. By working with Streetwise Mortgages, I took a strategic goals-based versus a transactional approach to financing and they've helped me develop a financing roadmap that aligned with my goals and gave me some crystal clear clarity on where the money will come from to grow, how to maximize my borrowing power, how to structure future deals and avoid some costly mistakes, saving me thousands along the way. The financing roadmap is complimentary for every client who works with Streetwise and also very recently, they've offered an additional summary report of the best to invest 18 Ontario markets and also a comprehensive deep dive research into a market of your choice out of those 18. I highly recommend that you take them up on that offer. If you're looking to grow your portfolio, to book a planning session and develop your financing roadmap, email info at streetwisemortgages.com. That is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Right. Okay, cool. So, so maybe let's just walk through like maybe some of the financials, right? Like what is this roughly range, you know, maybe low end, mid range, high end uh, price per square foot. You know, obviously there's a cost to, to bring in the utilities. There's a cost to, to build the, you know, the pad or wherever it's going to sit on, you know, and then, and then based on that, if you can walk us through like what the lift looks like, ARV, you know, is it usually one, one and a half, two times what you're, what you're, paying quote unquote, obviously these are averages. Uh, and then what are you seeing for, for rent? 
Yeah, so your all-in cost to build them, uh, including soft and hard costs, is going to be about $350,000 for like the smallest unit you can imagine, like a small one-bedroom. And the biggest ones can be up to three quarters of a million dollars and sort of anything in between. In terms of the lift, that's something that is really untested in the market. If you assess these on a cap rate basis, they look really good, like equity positive without even trying. They usually cash flow positive from day one. What the actual amount that's extractable from that will be kind of remains to be seen because no one's really sold any laneway suites yet, at least none that are compliant with the bylaws. There's some precedent for mid-block sites that are on laneways, but nothing that's a secondary unit behind a main house. All right. So this is still fairly new. And um, if anything, I would guess that like or I would recommend that people bring in an appraiser before they go ahead and, uh, and actually pursue and, and complete the laneway house so that you know ahead of time what that appraiser might go back. If you're getting it refinanced, uh, what the appraiser may go back and uh, you know, say to the lenders. So it's, it's quite interesting. And, and what's the, how do you finance these? Like, are you, are people buying these cash? Are they, you know, yeah. using a, like a HELOC or, or banks lending on something like this? Like, what are you guys seeing out there? Yeah, debt is one of the biggest challenges when it comes to developing laneway suites. Uh, the majority of our clients already own their homes and they probably have for a few years. So they have a good amount of equity that they're either using to get a HELOC or uh, extend their mortgage or something. So most people are just using the residual value of their house to self-finance their laneway suite. Getting any kind of secondary debt in addition to your mortgage to build the laneway suite is proving to be a challenge because that market valuation isn't very present yet. So it's really something that like this works well for small investors who already own houses or just want to do small scale development behind houses that they're looking to purchase. Yeah. Or if you've got like a family member that's been living in Toronto for a while and you know, maybe you guys can joint venture and, and put a laneway house in the, in the back and, you know, figure out how you're going <laughs> to split the, uh, the difference in, in the rents and all that good stuff. You know, obviously Toronto has, you know, one of the things I think of as I think of these laneway suites is short-term rental and, uh, and an opportunity to, you know, furnish them and, and, and get even additional cash flow. But in Toronto specifically, and I don't know about Vancouver, I can't speak about Vancouver, but, you know, there are limitations on how many days you can rent, you know, something for. So in Toronto, this could potentially be almost better for the long-term market. I don't know if I'm wrong, but like, what are, what are you guys seeing based on your clients? Like, what are they doing with these, uh, these laneway homes when they're buying them? Yeah, so I think the majority of people right now are in doing the Airbnb strategy. You can rent it out on Airbnb, assuming you're following all the rules that are in place for Toronto. So it has to be like your principal residence. And then like you said, uh, the number of days is important that you rent it out. So a lot of our clients are investor clients that have multiple units in the main house. And then they're adding the laneway suite as well as a way to kind of make the numbers work and cash flow. Um, but also we have clients that are building these suites for their family or for, for aging in place, or uh, let's say they have a, a child that's going to school, they might, they might live there. So it's really a whole range of different scenarios. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, like you said, there's lots of, lots of different ways that you can slice and dice it and, and reasons to, to do it. So obviously, you know, these don't just pop up randomly. I'm guessing they, you know, they take some time to go through uh, the permits and, and the whole process. Maybe walk us through what that looks like if we say, okay, well, you know, we, we have a laneway, we have the opportunity to do something like this. Let's, let's walk through maybe what somebody does from start to finish and, and timeline. Yeah, so your timeline is about a year from the day you start working on it to the day you take the keys. Step one is getting a current survey of the property, which if you don't have, that's important for assessing how big of a footprint you can construct on and the like. Then step two is hiring landscape, obviously, to deal with your design and approvals for very reasonable fees and very high quality service. But once you get your building permits in hand, it's a matter of tendering it out to a builder. Um, Most of our clients go direct to a GC and most home builders are perfectly capable of building this. It's smaller scale and fairly restrictive in terms of the availability of space on site. But to be honest, those aren't unusual things in Toronto. So it's something that almost any builder can take on. Okay. All right. Awesome. So, so this is not like it's being created in the warehouse afterwards. Like you're, it's like stick build. It's, it's on site. You've got like likely a BCIN designer or somebody also coordinating back and forth the city. So does the city inspector come on site then for every step, just like a typical, typical like burr deal or a typical conversion as an example? Exactly. And you can prefab these. It's just a matter of, you know, what system you employ for the construction. So the majority of construction in Toronto is just stick frame built on site, but there are a few companies who have prefab services that allow you to just tilt up once your foundation is complete. And you're right, like these are inspected like any house construction. So you have inspections at footings and after framing and prior to completion and every step along the way. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey guys, just want to take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors and Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome Dylan and thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, Give us a call or text at 905-592-4220 or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. 
All right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a cool concept. I would, I would just say, you know, it's, it's very new, you know, definitely, uh, you know, understand the, the, the upside, but also the downside and try to mitigate your risk as much as possible. Right. So like, you know, is there a way that you can get an appraiser working with you from the start so that, and you've got a lender and you've got your mortgage broker because you, you might want to refinance these when it's uh, when it's all said and done and you might not, that's cool too, but just to keep that in mind. And then what's, what's the, the rental strategy, right. Or, or, or there might not be right. It might be for your kids, but if there's a rental strategy, is it short-term? Is it midterm? Is it long-term? What are the, uh, you know, bylaws or, or, or legalities around that based on the city that you're in? Um, and I, you know, I know Toronto's definitely got, uh, some limitations on that as well. Um, what are some other, you know, other things to note about laneway houses? Like what haven't we addressed yet that is important in order to, to make a decision, uh, on something like this? Uh, I would really focus on the flexibility. One thing that's great about them is that if you are doing it with a personal residence or, you know, a property that one of your family members owns or to accommodate a family member, you can flip that to a rental property with basically no difference. Like laneway suites can be suitable for combining with the main house use or separating for auxiliary use or a secondary rental. So that's pretty exciting about them. Um, and also one thing that, you know, you, you raise a good point that you have to perform a lot of due diligence with your appraisers and your financing, but the sales market data might not be there, but the rental market data is there. And we're seeing these rent out for really high rental rates, like three fifty to sometimes $5 a square foot. So it's pretty common for like a 1000 square foot, two plus den laneway suite to rent for almost 5,000 months plus utilities. So you're able, it is possible to find like the revenue data out there and build your pro forma that way. Yeah. I mean, the way that I'm looking at it, like where I could see something like this working is if you've got a house you're converting into, you know, obviously it has to have the right zoning and everything, but you know, two or three units. And then you've got this as well in the back. Are you able to make laneway houses more than one unit or is there some rules against that? No, definitely not. But oh my God, I can't believe I forgot. The one thing we haven't mentioned that is really critical to understand are two things. One is that these are development charge free. So development charges are indefinitely deferred on laneway suites. So you never have to pay that. And also when you build a laneway suite, your parking requirement for a site goes to zero. So even if you've got a sixplex in the main house, when you go to build a laneway suite, you are only required to provide zero parking spaces on a property. So for those two things alone, it gives a crazy amount of development flexibility for a site. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's a great point. And development fees, too, can be quite expensive. So if they waive that, you don't have to worry about the parking piece. I mean, you, you might be near the subway or I mean, Toronto's got good transit to begin with. So you can, uh, you can definitely do well there. Go oh, ahead, I was just going to add one more thing. Uh, the parking piece, that's kind of specific to Toronto right now, but also uh, some areas of Hamilton, for example, like in the downtown area. So, I mean, these bylaws kind of do vary from city to city, so you need to kind of get familiar with them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in, in areas within the city, like I know, like, you know, some areas parking in Hamilton when you're in downtown is not, you know, as critical to have a spot per, you know, per unit as it might be if you're, if you're out of the downtown core and vice versa. So it's definitely important to, uh, to take a look at that. How many of these are you guys creating a year? Just curious. So I think right now we've got about 15 in construction. We've permitted, I think, close to 50. So quite a few. And like our process at Landscape is super efficient. So 
um, we're able to take on projects right away and we can take on multiple ones at, at the same time. All right. Awesome. And it's strictly laneway houses. You haven't expanded into, or maybe you have, but you're like at, at this point in time, it's strictly laneway housing. Right now it is, um, but we're also looking at garden suites. So that's something that's in the pipeline right now and will probably um, be implemented soon in the next uh, few months. So once that comes around, we'll, we'll be offering services for that as well. All right. We're also looking to expand into Hamilton because they're, they've really started developing a nice laneway policy. So we're hoping that's a new market we can start providing services to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> Once you start going into the secondary markets, I'm mean, not that Hamilton's really secondary anymore, anymore, but it's not Toronto. I mean, Toronto was good to invest in. And I'm not saying it's not if you're not invest, like you just have to do all, like you got to take something and you've got to cut it and you got to convert it into a lot of units for, for the Toronto market to work in terms of a cash flow perspective, or you've got to have really deep pockets and put a big down payment down. But once you get into Hamilton, you get into other areas they still make sense, right? You're still buying something to me that's a little bit more affordable. Your rents, you know, again, like it, the numbers make a little bit more sense. So I'm, I'm excited if you guys are going into Hamilton and other, other areas for sure. Why, why should we, somebody go to you guys for laneway suites? Why not somebody else? Like what makes you special or different? <laughs> I'll take that one, right? Uh, Really, it comes down to expertise. Like our company was literally created to produce the bylaws for Langmay Suites here in Toronto. Like we advocated for these since 2014 and we essentially co-wrote them with the city. So we know more about them than anyone else on earth. Uh, and it's also like practical experience. Like Ryan was saying, you know, we've got over 50 Langway Suite projects uh, either completed or in some phase of development and we're pacing up as quickly as we can. So like the next biggest laneway suite design and approvals expert I know of has done like two or five maybe. Um, so like no one has the depth of expertise that we have or the efficient process, like because we have so many done, um, we've got a highly replicable design standard that allows us to export our work fairly quickly. All right. Awesome. That's great to know. Very cool. So Craig, Ryan, the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So you are each going to get the same five questions as all of the other guests. And you're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you guys ready to play? Let's do it. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at completepminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. All right, so question number one, Ryan, we'll start with you for this one. What is your favorite real estate investing book ever? Yeah, so I think some of my favorite real estate investing books were the, the Don Camp books. I found they provided like a ton of advice for strategy and tactics. And they, more importantly, they had a Canadian perspective. So like while the Brandon Turner book on rental property investing is amazing, it, it's more uh, US focused. So I, I really enjoyed the Don Campbell books. All right, awesome. Craig, what about you? This is kind of a cop-out answer, but my favorite real estate investing book is the zoning bylaws. I find that being able to navigate those efficiently is one of the biggest step-ups to really unlocking the value of the property. 
All right. Very cool. And we're going to continue with you for question number two. I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but it doesn't have to be real estate investing specific. If you have a favorite podcast, which one is it? Well, I have several fantasy football podcasts that I love because that's like an appropriate type of gambling I enjoy engaging in. But if I had to pick one, I would say it's not related to that. Uh, Stay tuned with Preet is my favorite because it's a really good objective analysis of American politics with a heavy focus on law. So I, I find it really enjoyable to listen to. All right. Awesome. Ryan, what about you? So yeah, I also listen to like a ton of podcasts all over the map, uh, but I really like the Tim Ferriss show. Um, he interviews like all kinds of top performers in all different industries. And I find he's a really good interviewer. It's really interesting. Yeah, he is awesome. All right. Question number three, Ryan will continue with you. Other than real estate and anything to do with real estate, what is your favorite hobby or pastime? What do you do for fun? Yeah, so generally, I mean, outside of a COVID year, traveling and, and trying new food, those are, those are definitely my two favorite things. Do you have a favorite type of cuisine? Uh, honestly, no. I mean, pretty much when I go to a restaurant, I'll just try whatever I haven't had before. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, that sounds like me. Like the most like unique stuff is the stuff I usually go for. Yeah. Awesome. Craig, what about you? What do you do for fun? Uh, hanging out with my kids has kind of become my favorite thing to do, but if I weren't to pick that, I'd say go play volleyball. All right. Very cool. Uh, Craig, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? This implies I have any money and I'm not just only (laughs) assets, but, uh, honestly, I'd do the same thing I'm doing now. Like I really enjoy, uh, using design as a tool to unlock value in real estate and, uh, I, I just get my architecture license again and start over. All right. Very cool. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I think similar to Craig, um, I'd definitely be in the same industry. Uh, I'd probably try and work and save up a bit of money and then put it in an investment property. Very cool. And last question, Ryan, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend that they spend that money? Yeah. So I think, um, well, probably can invest in Toronto. <laughs> um, but if you go to some of the smaller markets, I think you can definitely get started there. And I think a lot of education these days is free. So even though I'd be inclined to send some of that towards education, I think you can get a lot of that by going through networking to networking events and meetups and stuff like that. And then just use the money to put into like a property. All right, cool. Great answer. And Craig, what about you? If somebody has 50 grand, what would you recommend they do with it to spend it wisely? Funds, design and approvals for a laneway suite behind your house. All right. Very cool. Ryan, Craig, where can my listeners reach out and find out more about you? Craig, maybe we'll start with you. So one thing we have mentioned is we do free property assessments for any property in Toronto. So send your address or addresses to listings or whatever you have to info landscape.ca and we'll respond within a day with an assessment for that property so you can see what its development potential is. Or just visit our website landscape.ca to stay tuned uh, with us on social media for all of our advocacy and service efforts. All right, perfect. And you said info at lane, it's L-A-N-E. S-C-A-P-E dot C-A. That's right. Send us as many addresses as you want, but they're free and we love to do them. Or I should say Ryan loves to do them. (laughs) All right. Very cool. And Ryan, where can listeners find out more about you? 
Yeah, so I mean, for Lanescape, we're Lanescape on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and then for me, usually I'm, I'm just active on Instagram. So uh, you can find me there. All right, cool. And I think you're Ryan Fernandez 94 on Instagram. And then Craig, you are Craig Itect. Craig Itect. I'm an architect. <laughs> My name's Craig. Sorry, Craig I Itect. ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Craig attacked. That's awesome. That's actually really clever. Clearly I'm, I'm a little bit slow. I couldn't piece it all together as I was trying to read through all of your stuff, but uh, that's awesome. Cool. Ryan, Craig, thank you for being on the show and uh, thanks for uh, the insights on Laneway Housing. Thanks for having us. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that, and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked, and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.